Well, good morning, friends. It's good to see you all here. I'll be praying for all of you who clapped. <clears throat> hey, it's just uh, so good. My name's Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here, and we'll get into why I'm wearing this shirt in the first place this morning. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'll say this. I'm wearing a Notre Dame shirt this morning, but um, I feel dirty. So I know how you Notre Dame fans feel all the time, right? Just dirty. Just, <laughs> we'll pray. All right. <laughs> Hey, we are on part two of our teaching series, Toxic Church, Religiously Transmitted Diseases, and we've been looking at things that draw people away from Jesus, that they don't want to step foot in the church in general because they think there's toxic things in there. And we're going to unpack those things, and this morning, we're going to unpack something that is really near and dear to not only my heart, but I think for non-Christians, one of the number one reasons why they don't even want to step foot in the Christian church in general. But there are things in our lives that are just toxic, things that affect our relationships, things that affect our families, things that affect us and our coworkers and our classmates that are just not of Jesus in our lives. And this morning we're going to look at the biggest thing why non-believers do not come to church. And here it is. The number one reason why non-Christians don't come to church is because of hypocrisy. Turn to your neighbor and say, hypocrisy. Now what I want you to do real quick is look around. Look at the person on your left and to your right. Look at the person behind you and in front of you. Now point to you, point to the person who you think is the biggest hypocrite. All right, no, don't really do that. Don't do that. That's just going to start fights on the way home. Well, pastor said so. Don't do that, okay? Don't do that. Here's the, here's the truth. There are some of us in this room this morning, we've just been hurt by people who follow Jesus, but we see with, that they honor God with their lips, but their behaviors is so far from him. We've been devastated. I'll just be honest. I've been, we've been following the, a pastor in the Chicagoland area, the absolutely radical lies the church movement in the 90s and 2000s and even now, who people look at him now and say, what a hypocrite. And it's devastating to the church of things that he's been removed from this position after 30 plus years of doing amazing things for God's kingdom and in the Chicagoland area, and it's absolutely devastated that whole area. And the church is just thousands and thousands of people and just uh, last month in August, I got to sit and uh, got to go to that church and witness a church meeting where the board of elders even got up and they all resigned and the new lead pastor got up and she resigned as well and is just saying, everyone thinks we're a bunch of hypocrites and the ch church just needs to start fresh. It's devastating what hypocrisy has done in the church. So every church has hypocrisy. There are moments where our walk doesn't match our talk, and Jesus goes after that. But I want to start this morning by this quote by theologian, and he, uh, yeah, theologian Brennan Manning, and he's passed away now, but he wrote an incredible book called The Ragamuffin Gospel. But this is what he says about hypocrisy. 
The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. That idea is that we claim, hey, we worship Jesus. For some of us, we're, we're following Jesus. We're trying to do everything. And then all of a sudden, we're something not that. And the world is simply going, do you follow Jesus or do you not? You've got one persona and then there's another persona about you. So this morning, we're going to unpack two quick things before we get into the book of Matthew that we need to define what hypocrisy is and what is it not. So this morning, know this. Hypocrisy is not the disparity between what we do and what we wish we what? Did. There's a lot of times we wish that, I, I just wish I wouldn't have said that in the midst of that argument. I wish I could just, as those words left, I wish I could just take back those words and not have said that. I wish I wouldn't gossip. I wish I wouldn't lie and, but that is just what we did. It's the wishing that what we do is just sin. That's sin in our lives. But what hypocrisy is, it's the gap between what we show and who we are. It's what we show and who we are. And this is what an unbelieving world says, you Christians, this is unbelievable, but that there's a gap. If you follow Jesus, what you show ought to be in line with each other and be Jesus to the world. Instead, there's a gap, and the world looks at that gap and calls us hypocrites. There's something that's missing in your life, in part of your life. It's when this, it's when, it's when our public persona does not match our private life and their differences. And I'm sure many of us can relate to that. For me, let me show, what am I showing you right now that I'm a what fan? Oh, God forbid, God, please forgive me for wearing this shirt, but I'm, I'm showing you I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm just true to my word. That's why I'm wearing this shirt, because I made a nice friendly wager that if Michigan were to beat Notre Dame, I could have had three praise team members in Michigan shirts today. But instead, I'm preaching in this one, all right? Yeah. Jim Harbaugh, you haven't seen me worth nothing yet, Mr. Jim Harbaugh. But hey, that's another story, all right? But who I am, I'm a Michigan fan, right? That's hypocrisy, the difference between who we show we are and who we really are. And so jokes on you, praise team members who made this deal because it fit perfect with this week on hypocrisy. All right? We didn't plan that. We just planned the date, and I already had planned this date was hypocrisy, all right? But we're going to look. Jesus uses the word in the book of Matthew, chapter 23. He uses the word hypocrisy or hypocrite six times in this nice little short paragraph in the book of Matthew. But here's the Greek word that Jesus actually uses. It's, it's pronounced hypocrites. Let me hear you say hypocrites. And this is what Jesus goes after. This is the term, and this is what it means in the English from the Greek. It means an actor, a stage player, one who hides behind a mask. It literally is, in the ancient world, in the Greeks, they did theaters. They, we call them actors and actresses, but in the Greek word, they were, or in the Greek world, 
in the ancient Greek world, they were literally called hypocrites because they would hide behind a mask. Don't we do the same? We'll put on masks so much and pretend like we'll throw a mask on. I'm so in love. I love him. I love her. We're so in love. I actually can't stand them. They drive me nuts. And I'm just irritated and I'm frustrated. And then for some of us, we come in on Sunday and other days, how you doing? I'm just great. I'm so happy in life. In reality, this is how you feel. Right? This is you. This is how you feel. You put on a mask. That's the idea of hypocrisy, is that you and I, we put on masks. And can I just tell you, social media is a false sense of community, and is it a breeding ground for hypocrisy? You will sit there and say, I love so-and-so in reality. You hate their guts. Look at me, Jesus, you got your Bible out and your coffee mug, and it's to the page that you did like a lot of writing in, you know, and you got the sun coming in, and you just want to take that camera shot, hashtag loving God, and then you go out and you just gossip away. It is a breeding ground for hypocrisy. It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, I don't care. And here's the thing, the problem with social media and being hypocrisy is this, what do people post on social media? They're highlight reels. And then we compare our lives to everyone's highlight reels. My kid is so good, they get A's all the time. Why don't they post that D that they just got? You know that happens. Or hey, we're taking, our family's taking the best vacation ever, but then you come home and you're like, I wish I could go on that vacation, but in reality, their marriage is crumbling down. And we sit there and you go, why can't my life buy, you know what, wouldn't it be awesome if we just took social media and put all of our bad stuff out there? I wonder if that would just drop masks, all right? Social media, turn to your neighbor and say, social media is crazy. It's false, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, social media, reality, right? Let's just be honest, what one, okay? But hypocrisy. It's a mask. It's on the outside you show one thing, but on the inside you're something completely different. And Jesus hated hypocrisy. And he, you know who were the hypocrites in Jesus' time? It was the church and the religious that he went after. Before we jump into Matthew, I want to show you this verse in Titus 1.16. It says, they claim to know God but by their, can we read this last um, sentence together? But by their actions, they deny him. They claim, I, I follow Jesus, I know God, I know who I am. But all of a sudden, what they show is completely different from following Jesus. So here we are. If you've got your Bible or your tablet or your phone, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23, found in the Newer Testament. So if you're not familiar with your Bible, I'm going to say this. I'm, I love technology, but nothing's better than a hardcover Bible, you know, that actually has pages that you smell. And some of you teens are like, I don't know what that is, right? Everything's so technology. I love having the YouVersion Bible on my phone because I have it everywhere I go. 
But there's nothing like sitting down and actually having the pages of the Bible. It's awesome. All right? How many of you love just having a real Bible in hand? How many of you are more like, I love the technology. That's where it's going. God bless you too, all right? So, Matthew chapter 23, two-thirds of your way through your Bible, you find the Newer Testament and four guys there, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, who write about the life of Jesus. And Matthew, what's interesting about Matthew is he's a disciple, but he's also a tax collector who were the most despised group during Jesus' time. They were the traitors. And I, I, can, I can relate to Matthew this morning because I had many Michigan fans come up to me and say, you're a traitor, Ryan. So I relate to Matthew right now. Yeah, Matthew feels dirty, I feel dirty, we're all dirty, here we go, all right? Matthew chapter 23, check out verse 27. Oh, real quick, he gives seven woes to the religious people. Seven, we're going to look at a couple. You can read that whole section on your own this week as devotion. But Jesus is going to use some of the most offensive language you'll ever see Jesus use right here, if you literally know transliteration of what Jesus is saying. Verse 27, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. Who are the teachers of the law? It's that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, known as the law or the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. They're the teachers of it. And the Pharisees were the religious elite or the pastors of the time. And he says, woe to you. It's so offensive, you can literally translate it, damn to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. Do you see how harsh Jesus is attacking here? And then he lumps them all together. You what? You hypocrites. You stage players. You guys that put on a mask all the time and think it's good, but really it's not good. Damn to you. Woe to you. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside. But on the inside, you're full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous. But on the inside, you're full of what? And what? <laughs> so you appear one way to people. But deep down, what's going on in here? You're putting on different masks, and there's a bunch of evil in there. This is this. You snakes, you brood of vipers. You know what snakes were in the time of Jesus, translated, literally? Hey, you pastors, you're a bunch of heathens. You're a bunch of devils. How will you pastors and religious people, how will you escape being condemned to hell? And you sit there and you say, those are some strong words, Jesus. And what he doesn't say is, woe to you who slip up and swear every once in a while. He doesn't say, woe to you who chooses to watch some shows that maybe you should not watch. But he does say, woe to you who say you're this, but show something else. He never said, woe to you who are imperfect. He said, no, woe to you who want to show and put on the show. Woe to you, damned to you. And by the way, how can you avoid being condemned to hell? You are the religious. And Jesus is attacking them there. Let me put it in this way. Got a brown bag here. Don't think it's the one 
brown bag type of thing, all right? Where's he going with this? All right, let me hear it. Cheer if you like lemonade. Let's just hear it. All right, some of you like lemonade. There you go. Um, I normally don't choose lemonade. I like it on a hot summer day, right? And then uh, cheer if you really like it, like really tardy. <laughs> I like it tardy. I like it when you drink it, like tickles your back. You're like, ooh, yeah, that's good lemonade, okay? So we've got lemonade. How many of you, let's hear it, if you like Starbucks Frappuccinos? All right, all right. I'm weird. I always shake it upside down and hit the bottom, all right? That's just, now some of you are going to go to the gas station and start doing this now. It's awesome. That's the way you shake these things. Not weird, not really. I'm just weird. Turn to your neighbor and say he's weird. I always get nervous when I do that because I think you guys like it too much. I want to say other things than weird, but yeah, this one's vanilla. Yeah, how many vanilla fans out there? Yeah, a couple, all right. See, this is, this is what hypocrisy turns into in our lives is, um, is you, you go and say, you know what? I mean, whoa, it's spilling here. I love Jesus. I really do. He's awesome. But I really, really love getting drunk every night, too. <clears throat> it's not better the second time around. <clears throat> I was really hoping it would get better. So you're like, yeah, I pray every day, do my devotions, loving Jesus. Mm. 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 <laughs> that party last night and that pot was good. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. I love her. She is awesome. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. She's awesome. <clears throat> I hate him. <clears throat> These could be two things we really love. I truly believe that some of us, we really love Jesus. We really do. Our heart is pouring out to Jesus, but I, I believe also we really love things of this world. And there's that gap between the two. And this is what the non-believing world thinks it's unbelievable, is that we say we love Jesus, but we do another thing. And they're like, why does that gap exist between the two of them? If you love Jesus, it should be like this. Your sins are behind you. The things of this world are behind you, and Jesus is before you. And this is, what, this is what I fear. I feel that some of us are like, yeah, we love Jesus, but you know what? I just, it's just that one thing I really love in my life. I just love it so much. I just, what do you want about? I got to drink this. You don't. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm 90% Jesus. That 10%, I just can't let go. <clears throat> That can be funny, but it's not funny to the outsiders who need to know Jesus. That's why they can't stand the church. 
because we made it about other things, and we've said, you know what, yeah, we love Jesus, but we're tainted and love Jesus, and I'm not talking about perfection, and we're imperfect because we live in a broken world, and we're sinners, but we all need Jesus, and we need to put Jesus on display for the world to see. That's why, am I preaching to anyone this morning? Put Jesus on display. You say you follow and love Jesus, every action should follow suit. If it doesn't, and you're still sipping on things of the world, you got a bunch of mini-gods in your life. Who's really in control? Oh, but I like these things. You like these things? Sure. Go ahead, like them. And that's why the outsiders will continue to say, I won't step foot in church because they're a bunch of hypocrites. They're a bunch of hypocrites. But here's... The beautiful thing about Jesus, man, does someone got water for me or something? Oh, thank you. Oh, turn to your neighbor and give him a high five. Mm. Thank you, Patricia. The beautiful thing about Jesus is he never leaves you there. He'll always remind us where we are and pick us up and give us hope and a future. And that's what he does to the Pharisees, that he's sitting there calling them out on their hypocrisy. Listen, you show one way, but you're really another. And here's the hope that Jesus gives for you, for me, for those of us who think we're a bunch of hypocrites. He says this, woe to you, verse 25, teachers of the law, you what again? I like the fact that Jesus kind of like knows us. And realizes 2,000 years later, the world is still calling us hypocrites. He says, you clean the outside of the cup and dish. But inside, but inside, they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees. You religious people, you can't even see first Clean the what, friends? Clean the inside of the cup and dish. Then the outside will also be clean. If there's that gap in our lives between what we say and what we do, who we show we are and who we really are, the hope that Jesus tells us is to let the Holy Spirit come in and do a work on the inside. Because when God begins to transform you on the inside, and it begins to be a radical change on the inside, you don't have to worry about putting on a show anymore. Because you are so on fire for Jesus and what he's done in our lives, you're like, I got to share with everyone what's happening and what Jesus is doing. And we no longer have to come in and pretend like everything is hunky-dory, everything is fine in, the, in my life. No, it's not, but I got good news. Jesus is transforming the junk in my life to look like him more and more every day. And here's something, if you need, church, Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy. He attacked it. He couldn't stand it. And in there, he's not calling sinners hypocrites. He's calling the religious people, you're hypocrites. But I want you to know, and you have to realize, but Jesus has unlimited grace for a sinner in need of forgiveness. That's you. That's me. And the problem is, somewhere along the church history, we've made it like, as believers, we're perfect. We've got it together. 
man, the church is a hospital. Come on. There are moments, there are literally moments when the worship team is leading us into the presence of God, into God's throne, and I'm over here and I'm literally going, I don't want it to stop. I don't want to go on stage right now because I know some of us have come in with hurts and you just need to be ushered more into the presence of God because when you worship God, your problems become really small. And there's just moments I'm like, no, 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 no. We just need to continue to worship. You don't need to hear from me. You just need to get into the presence of your Savior right now because your week was hectic. Your kids are crazy. Your job is, whoo, you know, you're about ready to leave right now. And we just need Jesus in this moment. And I need to say this for some of us. We got to learn to drop the mask. And the scary thing about dropping the mask is people are going to see who you really are. Do you value the opinions of others or do you value more than you value the opinion of your heavenly Father? And know this. You have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. You have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. The writer of Proverbs says this, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Friends, you are only as strong as you are honest. Let's be real. And know this, if you're at first time at Radiant Life, I want you to understand something. Never mix Starbucks with lemonade ever again. That's gross. But Radiant Life is going to be a church where it's okay not to be okay. But Radiant Life Church is also going to remind you that it's not okay to stay there. Jesus has plans and purpose for your life. Go be a change maker and allow Jesus to chisel out things that he needs to chisel out in your life and go make a difference in this world. You got to be there. And you know what the problem of the Christian church today is? We've made it a masquerade ball. We've all come in with the masks. I've done it too. I've come in with this mask on. Everything's great. When in reality, I'm so frustrated right now. I'm just there. Here's what I love about our church and what we're doing in this, this fall is that we are launching, you've heard this thing called missional communities. A missional community is a place where you can get real with each other. A lot of people ask, well, don't, do you have small groups at Radiant Life? Yes, this is our small group vehicle. You'll be in a small group with men and women where you can just be real with each other, where you can come in and drop the mask and say, you know what, I just need prayer group. I am hurting so bad right now inside. I just need you guys to be praying for me. And here's how missional communities are going to work. Where it's our small groups, but twice a month we're bringing all of our small groups together in a big thing. So the first Sunday of every month, we're bringing all of our small groups together, and we're doing a huge meal together. We're just going to eat together. 
and it starts October 7th. You can go sign up. I don't care if you got up right now and go sign up in our lobby or sign up after the service. But we already have our very first spot where all of us are meeting together and all of our small groups are going over to the middle school after second service, October 7th, to hang out and do a meal together. Because we are better together. And we're better together when we're in smaller groups as well. The big thing, that's nice. But we need times where we can take off the mask and just be real. So a huge thing, first Sunday of the month, big meal. The other Sundays, you're meeting as a group. Whenever you decide, whatever time works for you as a leader and your group to get together and then start to either go through a book of the Bible or do a book study, whatever it is, and next week, next Sunday night, we're taking all of our small group leaders and we're headed out to Roush, Roush World and we're going to do an entire training with them so they can lead you guys well. And we're going to pour into them. And then also what's cool is we're not just about information, we're about transformation. And we want to be the hands and feet to Jesus. And all, all of a sudden, on the third week of the month, all of our life, all of our life groups, our small groups are coming together and we're going to go serve the city of Sturgis together. We already have our first project lined up possibly with Sturgis Public Schools. We're already meeting our meal there and now we're going to go serve the schools. How awesome to get Jesus inside of a public system, government public system like that. And we're just going to say, hey, where can we help you? I want you to know, please be praying. This Tuesday, I've invited Dr. Ebert, our superintendent, to come, and he's going to talk and hang out with us staff Tuesday morning. This is going to be an awesome time with him. We're going to be praying for him, getting to know his dreams for our community and the schools, and we're just going to dump, I hope he gives us leadership stuff, we're just going to dive in with him. But that's it. Some of us are hurting so much. You need this so badly. And my wife and I are leading some. We've got a ton of leaders going. You just need to sign up for this. Get involved. Get in a safe place where you can say, I want you to go from this space to feeling horrible inside and junky, saying, I truly, truly, the joy of the Lord is my salvation. It is. But you can't do it just by sitting here on Sunday morning. You need something smaller. So as I close, I want to remind us what hypocrisy is. It's the gap between what we show and who we are. And some of you this morning be saying, Ryan, but how do we close that gap? How do we close that gap? So, I, so when my coworkers or my classmates and my neighbors look at me, I, I, I don't want them to see me as a hypocrite. How do you close that gap? Know this, we don't close gaps with perfection. You can't perform more or do more to close that gap. You can't be perfect. The world's going to see that and also say, you're trying for perfection and it's impossible. You hypocrite. How do you close that gap and bring it together? You close the gap with Jesus. Every day you fall more in love with him. And you sit there and you spend time with him. And say, Jesus, will you just remind me, where in my life does a gap exist? And as Jesus and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal those things to you, begin to pray, now God, would you just take it out of my life? It's not good. I don't want to gossip anymore. I'm tired of hating my kids. I'm tired of hating my spouse. I'm tired of this dating relationship. I just need you to love and forgive because I can't do it on my own. I need you to close that gap. I want to close with the words of Mark. Mark chapter 7. 
Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Here at Radiant Life, I don't want us to be this. I don't want us to just come in on Sunday morning and say, oh yeah, good worship, good message. And then we walk out of these doors and for the rest of the week, we're someone else. I want us to honor God with our lips, but I want us and our actions and our hearts to flow. Say, God, take it. Some of us are hurting too much this morning. And you just got to drop the mask. It's okay. We closed differently last week. I'm going to close a little bit differently this week. I'm going to ask you to stand if you're, if you're willing. To stand and just say, you know what? God, I'm ready to drop the mask. We use the word be authentic, be real, be transparent. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect. We just serve the perfect one. And allow his grace and his mercy and his second and third and fourth chances and his forgiveness to sweep over your life to begin to close that gap to the world. So I'm going to ask you, if you're willing to drop the mask, would you just stand? And I'll be honest, I would be the first one standing. I'm just willing to drop it right now. I'm just going to go out and be Jesus to people. I'm going to be praying every day, God, would you just, would you show me where there's a gap in my life where I put a mask and I just need to close it a little bit more with you. More and more with you. I just, I need more because we got a mission. We are God's plan to reach the broken and the lost. We don't have time to put on masks. We got time to be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus and shine your light for him. The world needs it. So no more. We're not going to be toxic. We're going to rewrite this verse that says, the radiant life people honor me with their lips and their hearts are close to me. That's my prayer. Let me pray for you all this morning. Father God, I thank you for everyone who's standing in this room. Because if we're honest and we truly look at ourselves, there are times where we just put on those masks. So we're afraid of what other people may say or think and they really find out who I am. God, I know that sin grows best in the dark and we need each other. We need other believers, other brothers and sisters in Christ to come along and say, hey, is everything okay? And we can drop the mask and say, no, it's not. Can you intercede on my behalf? I need prayer. I need Jesus more and more. God, I love these people. I thank you for your church. I pray that we would draw close to your heart, that we would reflect your image more and more. Help us to drop the masks and just shine our light brightly for you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone together said, amen. At this time, our ushers are going to come forward and we're going to receive this morning's gifts and offerings and For those of you that came in, you should have got a handout, and on the bottom of our handout is our connection card. And if you're brand new to Radiant Life, and this is your first time, it's so glad to have you here. And uh, we've got a special gift for you. If you want to tear that off and hold that, take it to our cafe. 
free drinks on us, and we got a little gift bag, and in that gift bag's a little even movie rental for you. Just say, hey, thanks for checking us out. Regular attenders, this is the place you call home. You know what to do. Drop that off in the plate because we use it. Again, we got to turn statistics in all the time of what are our attendance, and it's all that business side of church that we got to do, right? And here's a cool thing, and I've said it first service, and I'll say it to you guys. Is what's cool is we used to be a part of the West Michigan District of the Wesleyan Church. We are now known as the Great Lakes Region. What does that mean? Because most of you are like, I don't even know what he's talking about, right? Our state of Michigan was divided into three districts. We had the North District, the East District, and then West Michigan. And we have partnered and got rid of those districts and partnered with all the Wesleyan churches in Illinois. And we are the Great Lakes Region. Next year, all the Wesleyan churches in Wisconsin are coming on board, so it'll be Michigan, Wisconsin, and Illinois. What does that mean and why we do it? We did it to reach more people for Jesus. In our area alone, there are tw over 20 million people who do not know Jesus. That allows us, most of you don't know, we couldn't even cross the way our denomination worked and just cross, we couldn't even go and church plant in Chicago if we wanted to because you can't cross state. Now we're getting rid of that to go reach more people for Jesus. Does that make sense? That's what we're doing. Yeah, so hey, even if you don't know it and you're like still confused, let me hear you say amen. amen. There you go, all right? Hey, team's gonna rock it out one more song because we're gonna worship Jesus with our masks off and just worship and come into his presence. I wanna say a quick prayer over this offering. Heavenly Father, bless both the gift and the giver. God, we wanna be a God-first church. That includes in our finances and what we do. We don't give back. It's already yours. This is yours. So take it. Multiply it. Build leaders within this church. Build new disciples. Go out and reach more people for you, Jesus. And we ask this in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen.